I'm Peter. I'm Marcus. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to Prep Hour. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Prep Hour. This is our last episode for the school year, but we will be back in August. We thought it would be fitting to have an episode that focused on what teachers went through this past year, what they're doing this summer, and how they're preparing for next year. We emailed teachers and administrators several questions about how their year went and what they're up to this summer. How did your school year go? What did you learn? What changes do you see for next year as a result of COVID-19? What did you learn from last year? Are you attending any professional development? Are you collaborating this summer with any of your peers? Please share your experience. Any professional reading this summer? How do you rejuvenate for the following year? Today we're talking to Matt Campesino, a soul studies teacher at Highland High School in Gilbert. Question number one, how did this year go for me? Um, so out of the 23 years that I've been teaching, I've done elementary school, junior high, and high school for the majority and this was by far the shittiest year I've ever had in education. And for not just one, but many reasons. Uh, challenges, holy cow, where to start. Um, started kind of last year when COVID hit and we went on lockdown and we were out of school and basically were told that kids' grades could only go up and not go down. and. Um, I understood at that point with the new challenge kind of why we were doing it. Didn't necessarily agree with it, but I, I get it. But I also think it kind of sent the wrong message heading into this school year with students. Um, man, that was the first one. The second one, I would say, the second major challenge was just scheduling. Um, you know, we started the year at home, then we had a hybrid schedule, then we were in person. Then we were hybrid, then we had Christmas break, then we were hybrid, then we were in person. Um, and I just think it was a lot for all kids, um, not just my students, but my own kids to handle too. It's a lot of figuring out, okay, what days do I have school? What days do I have to log on? What days are things due? What, just, there, there was just a lot more to it than just show up and, and get work done. And it was it was a challenge not only for us as teachers to balance what curriculum and, and what pacing to stay on, but for the kids as well to just try and keep up more than anything. Uh, that was a huge challenge. Another challenge, I think at the beginning of the year when we were forced to all use the same learning platform, K through 12, um, and it was a platform that I really didn't care for. Uh, I didn't find it to be overly user-friendly. I thought it was slow. I thought it was an overwhelming amount of work for kids because even in school, you know, we're not working bell to bell on just one thing. We're mixing it up. We're giving lectures. We're giving activities. We're giving quizzes. We're giving this, that. And for seven periods in a row now with this platform, these kids were just getting bombarded with hour-long lessons so yeah they're in school seven hours a day eight hours a day whatever but this was truly 
an hour lesson for every class and it was you couldn't move on until you completed something so every day every teacher was giving one you know module which was an hour long which was a true hour whereas in class we're having discussions we're answering questions we're you know having some some dialogue in between there and we're we're doing all the fun stuff in education a lot of that was just sucked out of uh, uh, this year, the early this year, and not just taken away from the students, but from from the parent, or excuse me, the teachers as well, and for the parents, I would assume too, it was a challenge as a parent having a an elementary kid and a junior high kid trying to navigate their way through this. I know it wasn't easy on them. I know it was a challenge for all parents. Um, speaking of another challenge, just the whole community issue of masks and no masks and stuff like that it was a very contentious issue and I understood the reasoning on both sides and it was just it it did nothing to pull us together and it did everything to drive us apart and that was something that was tough because you want to get along with the parents in your community you want to get along with the kids you want to build those type of relationships that are you know you're working towards a common goal and and this year did it was very difficult to do that um you know board meetings were incredibly contentious um there were families that were going through a lot of different situations and and it was it just was an odd and and crappy thing to have to go through and it was definitely a challenge um, some pros and cons of this year. Pros, I think kids were able to adapt quite a bit. Um, they basically learned a whole new way of getting educated um, on the fly. And they probably adapted to it better than, than most of the teachers did. It took us a while to kind of get in a groove and figure things out. At least it took me a while. I, I'm sure there are people who who did it a lot more seamlessly than I did but uh that was a good thing on as far as the kids um another good thing that during the hybrid period is it did give us a chance to have smaller class sizes and really kind of get to know some of those kids and 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 kind of bond in that way a little bit which is also a con because then when we all came back together, we had to kind of redo it as a whole class. Um, you literally had two classes coming together by alpha split and, uh, and you had to kind of try to find a way to rework that. So, um, and the cons were just, I don't know. There, there's a lot. I just feel like it was a struggle all year. There was, not a ton of those fun school moments, you know, like pep assemblies and even some classroom activities in our class we had to just get rid of because we weren't sitting in groups. We were, you know, sitting in rows again. We were kind of just trying to trudge our way through it a little bit and and everyone was kind of feeling the effects of that. Um, Scheduling again was a con, I think. I mean, we probably had seven different bell schedules this year. Um, staggered 
release different uh, I don't know I, I, could, I can't think of them right offhand, but I mean it seemed like every day we had a different bell schedule that we had to try to memorize and it just was it was a pain <laughs> um, what did I learn this year oh my gosh uh, I feel way more prepared to do things online than ever before um, I've always used technology and computers and that kind of stuff in the classroom but now I feel way more equipped to do it like seamlessly quicker much more integrated into the classroom setting um, I learned that I don't like teaching online personally I know some people that's kind of their their jam and they're really good at it and I am not one of those people um, I like to be face to face I like to take classes in person I like to teach classes in person uh, I am not an online type of teacher so that was definitely one thing that I learned um, and, and I think that covers question number one fairly well I think today we're talking to Diane Wells principal at Ryan Elementary in Chandler, Arizona. I learned a lot this year during COVID, but to highlight a few of the most important things that I learned, probably one of the most important was that it was critical for me to stay in touch with my students, even during virtual learning, so that they knew that when they came back to school, they still had administrators there waiting for them who cared about them. So my dean and I took turns um, alternating days to film video announcements and put them into teachers' Google Classrooms so that they could show them at a convenient time or have students log on at a certain time to see their announcements for the day. A second thing that I learned that was critical was how to pivot because there was nothing constant. It was ever-changing. Every day there was something new being thrown at us. Um, and there were things being changed up. So we had to be ready to just change at a moment's notice and not to depend upon anything constant. Finally, I think that a really important lesson that came out of this is that children are really resilient. And when people would talk about how difficult it was going to be for kids to keep a mask on, I, don't, I think that we learned that that wasn't really true, that if we as adults set the expectation for them and if we modeled what we expected from them, that they would rise to the occasion, and they did. I didn't really have to talk to that many students on a regular basis about pulling their mask up over their, their mouth and their nose. Um, they were really good about it, even out on the playground, even when the weather got hot. They were doing what they needed to do. And yes, there were the occasional few that had to be spoken to, but I really do believe that the kids were um, extraordinarily resilient during the school year. I foresee a few changes coming after COVID for the upcoming school year. One of them is going to be um, an immediate dive into assessments across the grade levels. I know that there's going to be training in my district on some core literacy assessments on phonics, vocabulary, oral reading fluency, and so on. 
And I think that hitting the ground running is going to be critical in order to assess where students are in their learning, where their gaps are, and what the teachers have to do to fill those gaps. I think that teachers will begin differentiating immediately to the extent possible due to mitigation strategies. And I think that many teams will opt to level students for a more efficient uh, way of dealing with the variety of learning gaps that there are. Today, we're talking to Kelly Flores, who's a principal of Alabama Connections Academy. My name is Kelly Flores. I am the assistant principal for a virtual school. Um, I think I've just finished up my 21st year of education. Um, This is the end of my third year in a virtual school. Um, Prior to that, I was an administrator in Gilbert Public Schools, um, and then I was a teacher in Gilbert Public Schools for some time and, you know, just throughout the state of Arizona over the course of that time. Um, And again, I'm an administrator for a middle school program, but the school itself is a K through 12 school. And um, answering some of these questions, um, how did my school year go? Um, What did I learn? So I think this last school year um, was was a success um, for virtual schools, as you might imagine, the enrollment went up uh, significantly. We actually doubled our size. Um, and um, the changes that I see coming in the future as a result of the pandemic, I think um, what it revealed is that virtual education is now a platform that I think all school districts will uh, likely implement some type of version of it um, even after the pandemic has passed and as we move forward. um, I think it has really just taught us uh, another strategy that we can use for students and families, especially those that are in unique situations. Um, You know, for us, obviously, we are a completely virtual school. We were before the pandemic and we continue to be. I think from um, the perspective of a virtual school, what we are probably trying to get better at is, you know, how to connect and build community in a completely virtual setting. I think that has probably uh, been a topic that we have discussed as our enrollment, of course, has has grown. How do we keep those students um, in our, our school? Just as, you know, schools, uh, school districts across the state of Arizona, they all ask those questions, how to keep enrollment. Um, We, too, also, you know, have that same question in front of us. Um, Am I attending any professional development? So every summer I do attend some professional development uh, for for our particular uh, school and company. Uh, That takes place at the end of June. Um, And then, of course, we put on our own professional development for our teachers of our school. Um, The one thing that I feel like I am looking for, shopping around for, is how to um, engage the student and the caretaker um, who are not really showing up. As you might imagine, in a virtual setting, it's very easy for students and caretakers to 
neglect education if it's not um, something that they value. And so what are some of the best strategies that we can use to engage those students and families that otherwise, you know, are, are not engaged? Um, and I think I'm looking for those strategies that, you know, I can use and that I can also share with my teachers so that they can feel more successful with that population. Um, and I think I rejuvenate, I get excited about the next school year. So that's kind of how I find the energy to continue. As you might imagine, um, you know, for administrators, we don't necessarily have summer breaks. And so something that excites me for the next year is really getting the feedback. I, you know, give a number of surveys to my staff, um, over the course of the year. And so it is about, really looking at the feedback um, and really devising the next plan to be better. And that process actually is very exciting and rejuvenates me um, for the potential of what the next year could be. Today, we're talking to Kathleen Pugh, a Soul Studies teacher at McClintock High School in Tempe, Arizona. Okay, so what changes do I see for next year as a result of COVID. I think because teachers spent hundreds of hours working on online content in their Schoology courses, and now our district is one-to-one -one devices, I anticipate that there will be a lot more computer work in classes. I'm also curious about students' attendance, since last year proved that you can learn the material asynchronously on your own, at your own schedule. Why do you need to come to school? And then with this balance of, well, things are probably still going to be posted on Schoology in a lot of classes. Why come to school? So for me, even though I spent a lot of time and effort putting things on my Schoology course, I am not planning on using, having my students use their devices during school, during class time, because they get enough screen time. And I, I don't want it to be just a fancy worksheet that is just a worksheet, but it's online. And so now, you know, people assume maybe that's more rigorous. Um, I totally disagree with that. And um, I'm ready to give students a break from the computer. So it'll be interesting to see what requirements I have from administration as far as how much I have to upload to Schoology since um, COVID will certainly still be around uh, at least at the beginning of the school year. Not everybody will be vaccinated. So we'll see what the requirements are, but I'm not planning on uploading everything or having students work on their devices, um, you know, like they did this last year. So am I attending any professional development? I did attend professional development in July 2020 uh, because my district provided a lot and I needed a lot of it to get ready for online teaching. I didn't know our platform of Schoology. It's like Canvas or Blackboard. I didn't know that very well. And so I had to learn a lot so that it wouldn't take me so long to upload assignments or so that it was clear for students, et cetera. Um, and I took classes like how to have an online discussion or um, choice boards or 
uh, playlists, stuff like that, that I hadn't really ever created before, which was great. And I, I really took them because my school district paid us to take courses, which was smart of them because it, it made the beginning of school a lot easier. I am taking a few more professional development courses um, in July, again, because I'm getting paid, <laughs> and um, which is, is nice. Uh, and you know, July is a, a hard month on teachers. <laughs> um, and those courses will include a variety of things. It'll still be another Schoology course, um, uh, or like tips for Schoology, our online platform. Um, but also things like how to transition back into the classroom and how to use Schoology in the classroom without it being an online course, which I think is really important for teachers to remember. We spent hundreds of hours, probably hundreds of hours, um, uploading all these assignments online. But when students come back in August, I am not planning on using those things um, that I spent hours creating. Uh, I want to go back to like actually reading a piece of paper and annotating a real piece of paper or you know, using manipulatives, something different than online because the students have been in front of a screen for so, so long. Today we're talking to Luke Pugh, who's principal at Newell Barney in Queen Creek, Arizona. Hello, I want to take this opportunity to answer some um, questions here. Uh, so my name is Luke Pugh and I'm a principal in the East Valley. How did my school year go? It went as well as can be expected. It had a lot of different challenges for school leaderships that I, um, myself or anyone else, certainly wasn't trained for. But, um, you know, I think we did the best that we could. And it was nice to interact with students and teachers and, and parents. And, um, you know, from that, we did learn a lot of different things. We certainly got much better at integrating technology into lessons on a consistent basis rather than using a technology as a babysitter or something like that. What changes do I see for next year as a result of COVID? I'll be honest, my biggest concern is, especially in East Valley school districts, is this concept that schools are flexible in their time and staffing. And so what I mean by that is that, you know, I don't want to get into a situation where kids come to school in person for two weeks and then they're out of school for two weeks and they just follow online um, or they come to like math and ELA in person and then they want to do all these other classes online. That hybrid approach, one, isn't I don't feel like it's best for kids. And two, um, it becomes a staffing nightmare. Um, and there's not really a good way to, um, to, to support kids on a consistent basis that, that way. What did I learn from last year? Honestly, um, I learned that, um, you know, relationships and I, it, I already knew this, but it just put it, into perspective. Relationships are the key to everything and um, having good relationships with my staff really helped. Um, even with that, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, once in a generation pandemic will, will make relationships suffer and you have to try to work through that. Are you attending any professional development? Um, certainly, um, I'm part of the Arizona School Administrators and uh, they're having a training this summer that's going to talk about uh, demographic shifts and 
um, social emotional learning and those sorts of things. And um, I think it's it, it leads to this next question of are you collaborating this summer? And um, I'm huge into the PLC process, and I do that myself as well. And so uh, collaboration is key to everything. And so I make sure that I, I get together with my fellow colleagues and I interact with them and I work with them and I ask them questions about how would you do this differently? And that's been so important this year is to make sure that I spend that time um, because there were so many questions and not really enough answers or not really good answers. Um, any professional reading? I'm actually um, getting my doctorate right now. And so I'm um, heavily into strategic planning and social theory right now. And that's been interesting um, looking at social theory and, you know, through the lens of the pandemic and, and different people's responses and, and that sort of thing. And how am I going to rejuvenate? You know, um, my family and I, we went on vacation and just finding quiet time, I think, is key to that. And, and also, I'm just really looking forward to a quote-unquote normal school year and focusing on the things that matter of student learning and you know, supporting kids through adolescence and not focusing on the things that we had to focus on last year, hopefully not focusing on them as much. So that's the goal. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to join the conversation by finding us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at, at Prep Hour Podcast. We'll see you in August. Until then... Stay curious.